Dung, 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 dung. Under pressure, it's how you feel sometimes when you're writing all of those grants. It's true. Grants can be stressful. Fixed deadlines, unanswered emails, crazy application portals. Mm -hmm. How about unrealistic expectations from people who have no idea how the process works? And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Ask us how we know. Not addressing these stressors can lead to serious burnout. But the D.H. Leonard Consulting Team doesn't believe that needs to be the case. They can help you through the entire grant life cycle, from grant readiness to grant management. If there's a part of grant seeking that is stressing you out, reach out to dhleonardconsulting.com to let them help take the stress out of grants. Well, hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes de Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you're listening to the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. Season six. Six. Can't even believe it. So we're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grant writing and fundraising, including how-tos, the how to raise funds, how to win grants, um, but also how to work together to change philanthropy for the better. Yep, and we drop episodes every two weeks, and sometimes they include cheesy songs and sound effects and all that stuff, because learning doesn't have to be boring. This podcast is brought to you by our Season 6 sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Their team can help make grants less stressful by assisting you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Don't let grants stress you out. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. Well, hey, friends. Today, it's going to be strictly by the numbers. We're getting the skinny on how to mine that census data to tell the story of the communities you're serving through grant writing and fundraising. And we're going to go straight to the source with Ms. Marilyn E. Stevens, Data Dissemination Specialist in the Customer Liaison and Marketing Services Office of the Data Dissemination and Training Branch of the U.S. Census Bureau. Say that three times fast. I cannot, but it is an impressive title. I am going to be reading, looking down and reading y'all because there's a lot to read here because Ms. Stevens has had an incredible career and continues to do so. So um, in 2016, before the, the position that she has today, she was promoted to assistant regional census manager for the 2020 census for the Atlanta region. So hey, hey, Atlanta, because that's where we're from. Um, Recently, she held the position of data dissemination specialist, media lead, and congressional liaison for the United States Census Bureau. Going back in time, for the 2010 census, she held the position of assistant regional census manager, again for the Atlanta Regional Census Center. And during her tenure with the Census Bureau, she's also worked in the Chicago region and held several other positions, including partnership coordinator, program manager of the Partnership and Data Services Program, supervisory survey statistician, and partnership specialist. 
During her career, she has successfully served as executive director of the Citizens School Committee, a nonprofit educational advocacy organization, commissioner on the Chicago Public Schools Monitoring Commission for Desegregation Implementation, president of the Chicago Panel on School Policy, and co-chair of the Chicago Citywide Coalition for School Reform. And that's not all. Nope. In November 2003, she received the Bronze Medal Award, the highest highest meritus honor given by the U.S. Census Bureau. She was also awarded a Team Bronze Medal Award in 2010 for her management work on the 2010 Census. Other honors include the Census Bureau Director's Innovation Award, one of Chicago's top business and professional women, Federal Employee of the Year nominee in 1999 and 2001, Essence Magazine, one of the African-American women behind Census 2000, and Research Executive of the Year from Target Market News. She's one of the most requested Census Bureau speakers, which, of course, is why we ask her to join us today. So welcome to the show, Marilyn. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Us too. We are too. We are too. We, as grant professionals, we use the census data a lot. And so, and I'm still not an expert in any way, shape or form. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. That's right. So um, we've now had more than 100 episodes of the podcast, and we've never interviewed a guest that says they have wanted to write grants or fundraise since they were 12 years old. In your case, you wrote grants for over a decade as part of being a nonprofit executive director. But I'm curious what made you decide to start with the Census Bureau in the late 90s and then stay to build this very long and distinguished career there. So in other words... What's your Census Bureau origin story? Well, it's really a, a, a story that seems to have come out of the heavens, right? A friend mm-hmm. called me and said that she was contacted that the Census Bureau was um, hiring experienced community partnership uh, specialists for outreach uh, to, to non-governmental organizations. And she said, um, it sounded, sounds great. I said, you know, and she said, you should apply. And I said, you should apply. And so she kept calling me and then she said, look, I'm bringing this bulletin over to your house. So I figured she is a, she's a nut. So in order to get her off my back, I said, okay, we'll both apply. And she agreed. So when I read it, it was intriguing. So I did apply. And when I was interviewed um, with the panel and then lastly with the regional director, the assistant regional director, I was selected. So when I called her to tell her I was selected, she said, I knew you would be. I did not apply. Oh, oh. And believe it or not, I still call her friend. That's pretty sneaky, um, I got to say. But hey, look yes. where it led you. Yeah, but when I went to training, it was the the data portion that really caught my eye. It was like a dream come true. The depth and the breadth of the data was unbelievable. Um, the historical documents, they had the library set up in the office, and you could just go to the shelf and just look at the books of all that history. And I said, where have they been all of my life? And I said, this is the place for me. Then after the 2000 census, because that was a temporary job, I applied for a career position and I was selected as the information services specialist, which meant that I had to learn all the data so that I could disseminate it amongst all types of groups, spend time with reference librarians at the Federal Depository Library, uh, with community groups, local governments. I'm telling you, 
I could not have paid enough to have this job. Nice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is a sneaky friend, but I will tell you, I had a job once that, um, my husband saw and thought it was a grant position that he thought was perfect for me. And he's like, you should apply. And I'm like, no, I'm happy where I am. And he's like, no, I think this would be better. And he legit showed up, was threatening to show up at my office the day it was due. Like if you don't, <laughs> if you don't fax your resume, I'm going to come over there and do it for you. And it ended up being a wow. fantastic job. So sometimes it's good to have a little push, right? Absolutely. <sighs> you talk about divine intervention. I don't know what that was. And every month someone is calling me talking about, uh, when I was first hired. Yeah. I, you know, and, and how I was just such a sponge for uh, the data and it wasn't on, there was no, it was, on, was not on the internet. It, you know, it was just starting up the, uh-huh. you know, with American fact finder, but everything mostly was coming out of um, uh, books on the shelves, um, CDs. Mm-hmm. And Man. it was just sure. unbelievable that you had history in your hands. Mm-hmm. And then it's got to make you too, like, like we think about how we do grants now, like, and I, every now and then you'll meet someone that did it. So, you know, long enough ago that they're like, I used to type things on the typewriter. And so when there was a mistake, I'd have to go back and fix everything. Or I, somebody talked about carbon copies of things and I'm like, I can't even imagine. So I can't even imagine what it was like collecting data a hundred years ago and how you tracked all that. But you, you can go and see that stuff all the time, huh? Absolutely. And looking at neighborhoods and the way they, they, uh, they were, uh-huh. and then not look at them the way they are. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Which is a lot of the kind of work that we do as grant writers and fundraisers. We're wanting to use historical data, contrast it with where we are now or with other folks, as you know, I'm totally preaching to the choir here, but it is fascinating. And um, one of the reasons I really wanted you to come on the podcast is that I attended the one of the Census Academy um, webinars about data for grant writers that you led. And I was like, Amanda, we've got to actually it was more like Amanda. I'm like on my phone doing that. We need to we need to have her on. Um, I know we're going to talk about the Census Academy and other stuff later, but um, for maybe for folks who are a little newer to it, um, would you give our grant writing and fundraising listeners a, a brief overview of the three main census data products, the, the main census every 10 years, the American Community Survey, and then Population Estimates Program? This is, well, this is a multi-part question, but we're just going to go for it. Also, is there a separate group of data sets that address more business-related topics? So take it away, census guru. Yes, I will start with uh, the business because right now uh, we're in what in our economic census. You know, we do that every five years and years ending in two and seven. So, you know, we notified um, more than 4,000 businesses last year about the economic census and when they could go online uh, to complete the questionnaire. This is um, the, the most information that will uh, ever be collected on businesses is with the economic census. So, while most of us look forward to the decennial census every 10 years, the economic census is really the counter to that on the business side. And what I love about it, the questionnaires are tailored to the type of business that it is, this industry, which I think is just so cool. So I'm always looking forward to that data uh, as much as I look forward to the demographic side. 
Now, what I call the big three in our data products, of course, the decennial census that we Uh conduct every 10 years, because many grants will ask what the population was based on the last census. Mm -hmm. So the grant writers have to be really in in tune with that. And then the next would be uh, the population estimates program, where we publish the estimates uh, every year. We estimate the population, and that's based on natural increase and domestic and international migration. What I love about it, that down down to the county level, you could look at to see where you are gaining population. Is it through natural increase, more births and deaths, or are you gaining population through domestic or international migration? I'll give you an example. Um, the state of California actually uh, lost population. You hear people talk about the losing population. So what I wanted to see, how are they losing population? So I went straight to the population estimates. And what I saw was they had gained population domestically. Um, I mean, they had lost population domestically, they over 900,000. But wow. they had gained more than 1 million uh, on international um, migration. Oh. But they would have had to gain 2 million in population on international migration to offset the 900,000 loss on domestic population. I think they're all moving to Georgia. I've, I've met lots of people yeah. from California lately. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And so, so when you, then you look at your population with the population estimates program, you can track it. And mm-hmm. let's say uh, a city or a county or state challenges that population estimate, right? And we make adjustments in it. And they challenge it, let's say, in 2024. We will go back and adjust the vintage, 2023, 2022, 2021. Okay. That's the population. That vintage will adjust if there have been any changes to any of the years. Interesting. Based on that formula. So that's kind of cool. You'll go back and you'll say, wait, what? I I have that written down. This is so the population estimates program is subject to change through the decade because every after every census the census starts a new vintage on estimates throughout the decade. Gotcha. And then sense. there is the big one, the absolute positively big one that's a grant writer's dream that I know grant writers have American Community Survey as we call it ACS tattooed someplace. Because it is so <laughs> important to them. It is. Of the of the 47 subjects um, that are on the American Community Survey questionnaire, we generate more than 1,500 tables. Wow. I mean, there is nothing that you don't, you need um, in um, building that profile of your target population and your target area that you cannot find in the American Community Survey. Every conceivable thing is in the American Community Survey. And then one last thing, businesses, that your deadline is approaching um, for your economic census questionnaire. Come on now. Get those in, people. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I would say I would, the, the American Community Survey is when I teach a grant writing class and we'll spend a few minutes just talking about you know, reliable sources of data. Census Bureau is always the first organization I tell them about and going to that American Community Survey site is where I'm like, if nothing else, 
start here. You'll be surprised the nuggets you can find. And I also tell them it's really smart, whether you're a city or a county, or maybe you're serving a larger region, but to be able to compare your organization or your city or county to, you can compare it to your state, you can compare it to national numbers, because then it's, it's neat. You know, it's one thing to know 10% of our population is five years and younger. Okay. Right. When you start looking and realizing, oh, that's not normal. It's so much smaller statewide and nationwide. We clearly have a lot of young kids. And so obviously we need to have services for, you know, pre-K programs and mommy and me and all those different things. And what a great way to be able to explain why you need funding because you have such a a boom of that population. And it's amazing. And one, just one little table, the amount of data. I totally agree. So... I love data nerds. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And we have little stickers. So I'll send you guys a couple of that I am a nerd, data nerd. I love that. And I love stickers. This is perfect. She does. She loves yes. stickers. It's true. So, well, what is your advice for someone who's just getting started in data gathering for their, you know, their need statements, their goals, their objectives, or maybe their program description? Um, you know, where should they start on the census website? And we may have already answered this, but. Well, you, you know, uh, because there are a lot of uh, experienced grant writers are retiring. And what I've noticed in many of the, uh, the, the grant writing associations now, you're seeing a younger cohort mm-hmm. that are just brand new and um, they don't really fully understand um, how much is involved, that you really are a researcher. And, but the first thing I advise them is to define their target area, their the actual location in census geographical terms. And what do I mean by that? Let's say, well, you know, our group, we serve um, the Liberty Square community or the near north side. Mm-hmm. Now, those are not, those are great community area terms and everybody knows them, but that's not census geography. So when you go to look for data and you're looking for the near north side or Liberty Square or or whatever the name is that is used for the area that you serve, you won't be able to find the data. So the first thing that I do is that I take them to show them a census block map. And on that census block map are tracks and blocks. This is the official map that the planters use and that uh, we publish once a decade because the maps are changed every decade. So now you have your map. And so you and you and you enlarge that map so that you can see the street features so that you can map out what census tracks cover my service area. Because often you you know sometimes uh, you're looking for grants for the county, so that's easy, the entire yeah. county. But oftentimes you're not you're doing a lot of target uh, segmentation. So you need to know the census tracks um, in, in, the, in, in that area so that when you do go to data.census.gov, our search engine, now you'll know what geography am I looking for. I'm looking for these 10 census tracks. Mm-hmm. This is what I, this is, this is my base. And that's the first place to start, defining your neighborhood in census geographical terms. Um, because we like to say that the census begins and ends with geography and everybody hears geography and it's like a dirty word. Oh no, perk up. 
because this is your base. This will help you. Then next, determine the data you need to define the target. Is it age? Um, is are you dealing? I'm, I'm dealing with a group right now, and everything that they're dealing with deals with the female population and all and all the different age cohorts. So, are you dealing? Uh, is it gender? How about educational attainment? Income, poverty status, the racial ethnic breakdown. There's another group that's dealing with a, a particular race in tracks. And they were so excited when they saw, when we defined the tracks and then they went to the track there. They were just screaming on the phone. I'm thinking, is everything okay? Should I call 911? What state are you in? <laughs> but that's the same way I act. Um, a family structure, a household relationship. And that's a that's a that's what I'm looking for when we put out the 2020 census on demographic and housing profiles in May mm-hmm. from the 2020 census. That was a new question, a historic question on the questionnaire about household relationship. We've been asking it since 1790, but this time we had 16 options. Wow. So that means that the households have changed. So you may be getting other grants for different types of things. You're thinking, they don't have any data on this. Aha, aha. Yes, we do. So uh, even foreign-born, most people use the term immigrant population. The Census Bureau's term is foreign-born. And then there's much more. So the best source for data on these subjects is what? The American Community Survey. So that's what I would get. That's what I would start with with new grant writers. American Community Survey uh, to define your target population. You've got to know it. One of the things on one of your podcasts and you're saying know, know your community, and you were mm-hmm. saying you may be new to the area, you to drive around, that gives you the local knowledge. Where we come in is that we can put a statistical profile together to go with your no- local knowledge. Because that statistical profile is going to help you define that area. Absolutely. Well, that, that thinks of two things come to mind when you were talking about all that stuff. Um, I remember the very first time I had to put together a a community development block grant through housing and urban development. Yes. And the city I worked for was actually like, I couldn't afford to live there. Right. As a government employee, it was, and I was like, there's no way we're going to meet the requirements for this because we, you know, you look at our income levels and different things, but like you said, when you go down to those track levels, we actually had a couple of tracks that the income levels actually met the requirements of for that HUD grant. And we were able to do some improvements for those particular neighborhoods. Absolutely. Because of that. So that's being able to drill down that small, really, you may think you don't qualify for something as a whole, but you certainly could. Um, another thing, I've got a client, it's a, a local city, small city here in the metro Atlanta area. And I can't remember now off the top of my head, but their percentage of foreign born persons that live in their community is super high. And it's one of those things I haven't written a grant specifically dealing with that, but I still share that statistic all the time because it's just a unique feature of that community. And chances are, no matter what I'm writing about, if we're having to do any sort of community or public input, we often have to offer you know, some of our materials in different multiple languages to be able to reach the population as a whole. And so that's just a, you know, so all I have to say is even if you're like, that's not the program I'm working towards still looking over all the data you can find, there may be these little nuggets that you're like, Ooh, 
that's something I should share every time because it helps paint this picture of what's right. going on. Right, and a grant community. writer should always think in these terms. What does the data say? Mm-hmm. Yep. What does the data say? And like what it. data can really prove my point best? Mm-hmm. I feel like the theme of this is show me the data. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of show me the data, I think I took I took the um, and this was for free. Y'all, if you're listening and you've not done this, is that these things that we're referring you to with the Census Academy and the Census Bureau, it's all free. So, yes, no sale, <laughs> call. Um, I think it was last August, maybe or September yes. when I took the grant last writers uh, webinar and you discussed the importance of building a data library. I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, but you said you were talking about building a data library for more efficient proposal development. And I would love for you to describe that for our listeners and just give them a little taste of what that is and how they could go about starting that some just some quick tips and pointers right the data library that i spoke about um they're they're what i call there are some uh, profiles that i call base profiles mm-hmm. even though there are more than 1500 tables in um in data.census.gov from american fact finder but there are four data profiles uh one is what we call dp uh david um paul uh, 05, that's, that is a demographic and housing profile and DP02, that is a social, um, profile of characteristics. DP03 is economic and DP04 is housing. These, they're only, this, this particular set, it has those four. And I would t- tell any grant writer, those four profiles you need to always keep at hand for the, your state, for your city, for your county and for the census tracts where you work, because that will give you a good summary mm-hmm. of what is available from the American Community Survey and that we have. And then once you look at that, those summaries, and you'll say, "Wow, I wonder if they have more information on poverty. This is good here, but I but I wonder what more they have." Now you can then you can go into the subject tables that will give you more detail. But you should always have. Um, at, at hand. And the good thing is when we talk about um, the uh, American Community Survey, we have two uh, annual releases. One is a one-year release. And why is this important? It covers jurisdictions 65,000 and higher. That means a number of counties, states, mm-hmm. and the nation, 65,000 and higher. And of course, um, con- uh, and congressional districts. And, and, you know, and what we call places are cities, towns, and villages. So whenever you see places on the census site in census speak, that's a city, town, or village. And then we have what's called the five-year estimates. That's everything under 65,000 plus, Mm -hmm. everybody light up now, plus census tracts, zip codes, as well as block groups uh, and other geographical entities. So in September, the one-year estimates are released, and in and in December, the five-year estimates are released. That's important. So September one year, December five year. Yes. So we just released it this past December, the five-year estimates. So if you um, have not gotten your census 
track data and you were waiting, the wait is over. The data is there. I know. I was just in it this morning and yesterday and last night and the day before then. And that's how you build your, your data library, starting from there. And then we have what's called a table shells and a table list. And I'm going to give that to the heyday uh, ladies uh, to post for you. And that will give you the, all the listing of all of the American Community Survey tables that are available with a table identifier number. And then wow. there's a table shell. And what that means is that one one uh, Excel prof, uh, file is a table listing of all 1,500 plus tables. The other one shows all 1,500 plus table shells. What does the shell look like before it's populated with data? So it's uh -huh. the exact replica. So you can look at it and you can say, oh, it's not what I thought it was. So before you go to data.census.gov and throw the laptop out the window, then you'll know exactly what the table looks like. That is phenomenal. I was looking down because I was taking notes and um, we would love to help spread the word about how people can use the census data. And also just to help, I mean, as grant writers, we are a process oriented people. And if you knew that every September there would be, just put it on your calendar, there's fresh data. And then every five years in December, there's even more wonderful data to dig into just make it a part of i mean kind of a part of like how you would do prospect research right you do maybe right. a big one at first and then you update periodically it's the same mm -hmm. idea so yeah right and then usually uh in the spring the population estimates will come out you'll see a big release in your local paper because if they've lost one or lost I, I can tell by the calls i get when i look down at my phone and one time i saw this from the state and I asked the phone, it was on a Friday, and I just shut my laptop off. The lady said, Miss Stevens, the governor wants to speak with you. And I'm thinking, the governor? I've never spoken with the governor of the state. And then I figured, what has happened now? So I immediately turned my, got my laptop back on and put all the passwords yeah. back in. And then I said, wow, we put out the population estimates today. And then when I looked and saw his estimate, I said, uh-oh. And I said, well, yes, I'm the right person, and uh, he can call me, you know, anytime. She said, he's a vet. he wants to talk to you now. He said, now's a good time. Now's a good now's time. time. I said, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and you but know what I want to tell grant writers is because, remember, unfortunately, you're not the only one applying for the grant. There are others out there that are, that are calling us doing this research. I mean, they have a 1-844-ASK-DATA on speed dial. You know, one eight four four ask data. You can call us, and what our team does is that they will distribute your message among the data dissemination specialists closest to you. I get get them every day. They send them to me. You know, Marilyn, take, uh, please, can you take care of this? And absolutely, I can. Or you can do uh, ask data at census.gov, and we staff that all the time, and we will be responsive to you. So don't get yourself in a twit. First, um, call us. I mean, we're, we're, we're your, your um, governmental, uh, no, your grant writer's help desk when it comes to data. Yeah. Now, some of that other stuff we, we cannot speak to. Um, but when it comes to data, uh, 1-844-ASK-DATA. Yes, that's a real, real number. <laughs> I love it. And I would so say definitely 
call and reach out because you guys do like such a great job. Like Kimberly said, with the webinars you offer for free, you know, um, I've, I've seen sessions, Kimberly and I both attend the Grant Professionals Association and there's always someone speaking at that conference and um, they are always giving examples of like, Hey, I had this grant writer call and together we were able to create this map or these tables or these things. So you guys really do um, provide a lot of assistance, which is great because even someone like me, I'm not in on your website every day. And so sometimes I'll go months without needing something new. And so when I do log on, I'm like, Oh wait, where do I go? How do I do this? And it, it's, it, if you're new to it, the website can be overwhelming because there is so much stuff and weeding through it. And so I'd say definitely don't be afraid to call. And I bet y'all could do it in five seconds. What would take me two hours to find, right? Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but, but you know, um, Census, Census Academy does help because yes. you, are, you can go uh, to Census Academy and look at all of those um, pre-recorded uh, some of them are vignettes. They're less than 10 minutes to mm-hmm. show you how to do a, a simple inquiry. And that way you can learn at your leisure. That's what I call it. Learning at your leisure. Is that a, and is that a YouTube channel or is it on the census bureau website? It's on the website and there's something, and they're on YouTube as well. Okay. And are the data gems? I like those. Those are like almost like shorts or reels and that you're just yes. talking about one little thing. Yeah, I signed up for it all. I get the little newsletters and updates in my inbox and I do all those things. And um, if you do write a lot of grants or research or do a lot of research, or if you're writing um, uh, fundraising campaigns and appeal letters, it's always very good to make sure you understand and can communicate um, the data around the communities you serve. So yeah, I'm a big fan and it's helpful. It's super helpful and it is free. It's absolutely positively free. I mean, mm-hmm. not only is the data free, the training is free. Yep. Uh, the advice is free. Yep. And I think that's wonderful. Don't tell I anybody. Think... Shh. It is, I think we it's wonderful. We, we, right, like like you're, you're subscribing. We want people to subscribe. Go on our website and subscribe. And they we will inundate your um, your inbox. And you but do. It's great, <laughs> but it's great you stuff do. that we that we send that we send to you. Mm-hmm. You know, we want you we want you to subscribe and always give us feedback. We have a team that reads the feedback for all of these uh, different programs, and they take your feedback to heart when they are enhancing or uh, making a, um, uh, enhancing some of some of our tools or um, creating new tools. So they really take everything you say to heart. Mm-hmm. So if you're not satisfied, by all means, let us know. I mean, you cannot hurt our feelings. We're here for you. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all be nice when you ask them because they do, they're doing tremendous work. So everybody take a deep breath and call or go online or watch a video and get the help that you need and just make it a part of your regular research that you do. Yep. You can put it on your calendar. I'd also say too, if you want um, maybe a little more personal for your area, um, you know, every state is divided into regions and some places are called councils of government here right. in Georgia. They call them regional development centers, but there will be somebody on that staff who is the data expert. I know here in the right. Atlanta area, the Atlanta regional commission, um, yeah. it's a gentleman. I think it's, if he's still there, it's like Mike Carnahan, I think is his last name. Um, he's, and they work with us. 
I, yeah. And they like, they usually will teach local classes that are free or I've been, I've been able, when I worked in local government, I would call sometimes and they'd help me with data as well. So it's, there's, yeah. And if you just want a one-on-one um, a data workshop or just for your group, we do that as well. You yep. can request that as well at one eight four four ASK Data or Ask Data at census.gov. Y'all, are just, y'all heard it here. Y'all you heard it here. It. I mean, I'm telling you, it's data nerds at work. That's right. I mean, what else is there to say? <laughs> I think we have said it all, but I think Marilyn Stevens has said it all. And we're just thrilled that you could come on and it's wonderful to, to talk with people who can get as excited about data as we do. And more importantly, too, can show us the way so that we can just use data to tell those stories, connect funders, and do more good things. So we really appreciate your time today. Thank you for inviting me. And I look forward to coming back uh, to talk about more data. Yes. Well, y'all, we are so glad that you chose to listen to us each and every episode. If you're new, welcome. Please come back. If you've been along for the ride for the past 100 and blah, blah episodes, thanks so much. Um, We would ask you this favor. If you could, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if that is where you listen to us. Leaving a review, it seems like a small thing, but it helps so much to get Mm -hmm. our podcast up into the magical algorithms and get us in front of everybody. Um, So we really would appreciate that. If you listen to us on our website or on Spotify or another platform, follow, subscribe, and share with your friends. That just makes a big difference to get us out into the world. And if you can't get enough of that heyday stuff, Visit our brand new website, heydayservices.com, and sign up for our newsletter, the Heyday Hot Take, to find out upcoming events, training, and all sorts of groovy information. So, y'all come. Thank you again to our season six sponsor, DH Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website dhleonardconsulting.com to download their latest resources today. We're so very honored you chose to spend time with us today. Be sure to join us again in two weeks. We're going to true crime grant mismanagement style on our favorite annual episode ripped from the headlines. Come join us then. Bye.